0: KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into how to better respond to the question, Can you pray for me? And we have been doing this with keys, nine keys specifically. And in saying that, we have arrived at that point where we are in our ninth key. And what I wanted to do with this last key is to reflect with Mary, that we are called to pray with Mary. Now, I know for some of us, this is subject matter that is very close to our hearts. Uh, Maybe for others, it is subject matter that we just don't quite understand. So hopefully, wherever you are at in that, uh, these next few weeks will serve your understanding on why uh, we should be praying with Mary. To the least of which, we should say (laughs) that God chose Mary, and it is right that we choose Mary as well, right? If you were to go into the Gospels, Matthew introduces us to Mary as who but the virgin who will conceive and bear a son, Matthew 1 verse 23, the son who is the God-man Jesus Christ, right? So Matthew immediately introduces us to the unique mediation of Mary who will share in the great mediation of Christ Jesus. Mark, in the next Gospel, introduces us to Mary in a way that is really an echo of Matthew, as he resounds Mary as the mother of God in chapter 6, verse 3. Luke introduces us to Mary in the Annunciation with that great angelic salutation, hail, full of grace, in the Greek, K karitomene. Upon a brief dialogue about how this will be, right, Mary says what but yes. Yes to the vocation of being the mother of God and at once mediating divinity. Uh, John introduces us to Mary where but in the wedding feast at Cana with the words, they have no wine. Another dialogue ensues, and with the words, do whatever he tells you, Jesus turns the water into wine. And once again, there Mary is in the middle, mediating divinity. The book of Acts, right? introduces us to Mary when, where, but in the upper room. And there she is in the middle as the Holy Spirit is is coming down upon the apostles, mediating divinity. So you see, my friends, the gospel message is clear. Mary's mediation brought about the presence of God in the world and the first miracle in the gospel. And certainly, as our nine keys focus on intercession and our prayer of intercession, if we desire to do the same in our intercessory prayer, for 2,000 years, the Christian church has said, it is right that we place our petitions into the immaculate hands of Mary and allow her to turn them over to her son. Okay, we say to our brothers and sisters in Christ, can you pray for me? Well, we have another who we can turn to and say, can you pray for me? Uh, If we turn to those because they are close to Jesus, be rest assured, no one is as close to Jesus as his mother. God placed the fate of salvation history in the hands of Mary, and I think we would be well served to imitate God in going to Mary. She is Uh, What do we read in 1 Corinthians 3, 5? We are all called to be co-workers. Uh, She is the great co-worker and advocate of our every need. Now, as we reflect into this, there is a particular prayer in our Christian tradition called the Memrari. This takes us back hundreds of years through the ages, and it goes something like this. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary. That never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you do I come before you, I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer us. Amen. All right, so there are prayers of intercession we pray, and then there is the memori the great plea to Mary. What is going on here? Well, in this cry of intercession, I just said it, we pray, Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. So, in the first stanza of this, I think it first came to us in the 12th century, 12th century prayer that came from the larger prayer, uh, At your holy feet, most sweet Virgin Mary, we pray. Uh, In this prayer, we pray with deep conviction that Mary holds attention in the courtroom of grace and that she would never abandon us in our time of need. If human mothers do not forget their children, even more will our divine mother, as we are reminded she is in John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27, uh, will remember us in our time of need. We say gracious because she is gracious, as she is full of grace. Gracious very well might be the most apt description one can really ever give the Blessed Virgin Mary because, indeed, she holds favor in the eyes of Jesus, she who is his mother. He honors her, right? Among the many saints who have prayed this great prayer, the Memorari, include the likes of a Saint Francis de Sales, uh, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, she used to pray this prayer every day nine times a day, so Saint Mother Teresa, who lived in the midst of man, crying out, would fly to the Blessed Virgin Mary nine times a day. When I pray this prayer, I often think of Saint Mother Teresa flying into the bosom of the Blessed Virgin Mary, praying with the tears of those who she was loving, praying with the tears of of those who who she was serving, especially in that second stanza we prayed, inspired with this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. You know, as we engage this prayer and the meaning of this prayer, especially in the light of the words we just prayed, really we could see the memarie as a prayer of faith and humility, Right? Faith in that we prayed, what? But I come to you in confidence. Humility in what words? To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. You know, my friends, one of the hidden gems of praying for others is how it calls out to be a better version of who we are called to be, a better version of ourselves, if you will. Here we are made to critically ask the question, are we praying flying, if you will, in this great intercessory prayer with faith and humility. I mean, to pray the words, to you I come, before you I stand, is to pray in words the action the heart takes to move towards, quote-unquote, and arrive at, quote-unquote. We live in a world of almosts. In a world of I started twos, right? We say things like I almost helped the homeless person on the street or I almost gave $100 to the local charity or I started to get up and and go to church, but I never made it or I started to fill out an application for the job, but I was just too lazy. In this classic Marian prayer, We do more than almost or start to. In faith, we go all the way to Mary. And when we arrive, we say, before you I stand. And we do so in humility. So this is a prayer that I think teaches us what faith is about, what humility is about, and really what it means to follow through in what is placed in mind and heart. The more we adhere to the words we pray, the livelier our prayer will become. The livelier we will hold up those final words of, O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer us. You know, it's in this final stanza that we have the great cry that belongs to any prayer, right? Despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer us. Again, It is any mother's greatest joy to hear her children's deepest cry reach her ears, right? We can be assured that Mary despises not our petitions and that she is listening attentively. Mary is a captive audience to everything we have to say, and her deepest desire is to fly to our aid. In this last stanza, a question often arises, You know, is it too much to pray to Mary with the words in your mercy? After all, it is the merciful heart of Christ that saved man from sin. Of course, yes. But remember what we have already said here, right? 1 Timothy 2.5, we are all called to share in the one mediation of Christ. Mary, as mother of God, uniquely shares in this one mediation of Christ. And by uniquely share, I, I mean in an altogether different way a gift given to her, entrusted to her by right of who she is as mother of God. What do I mean? Well, here, let us turn to sacred scripture. In the Davidic kingdom, right during the time of King David, the mother of the king held an official position in the royal court in which she would share in her son's reign and and also serve really as an advocate for the people of God And as a counselor for her son. You not only see this in the kingdom of David, you see this really in all major Near Eastern uh, kingdoms. So one could say, and certainly we could say this in sacred scripture, that the mother to the king held the seat of mercy. We see this specifically play out in the case of Bathsheba, the mother to King Solomon, of course, heir to King David, his father. What do we read in 1 Kings chapter 2 verses 16 to 21? If you have your Bibles, pull them out now. Because I think it's important we read these verses to appreciate what's going on here. All right, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 16. And now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me, she said to him. Say on, and he said, Pray. Ask King Solomon, he will not refuse you to give me, Abishag, the Shunammite, as my wife. Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak for you to the king. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. So here you have the queen mother interceding on behalf of someone who has come to her, okay? And what do we read? And the king, King Solomon, rose to meet her and bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and had his seat brought for the king's mother. And she sat on his right. Then she said, That is Bathsheba to Solomon. I have one small request to make of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, Make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Ananijah, your brother, as his wife. And of course, King Solomon grants this request. Brothers and sisters, a number of things to be present to you here, right? First, as uh, Scott Hahn reflects in his book on the Queen Mother, that her son was approaching her son king on behalf of another person. This was the norm in ancient courts, as the great lady was also known as an intercessor and advocate for the people she served. Second, as Solomon rose as she entered the room and shows further respect by bowing before her and by seating her in the place of greatest honor at his right hand. These actions not only record what would be court ritual of Solomon's time, but a reflection of the very real relationship between the two. And we should also say that in this action, the king's authority was never threatened. He remained the monarch. She sat at his right hand, not vice versa. Now, what's interesting here also, my friends, about this scene is that up to this point, we are to understand that Solomon must have had a track record of granting her requests. Because what does Adonijah say? Pray, ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you. My friends, Bathsheba was an agent of mercy, a prototype of Mary. Who is the new queen mother, the new great lady, the new mother of the king. The great lady was an advocate for mercy. It is right. We, who are children of God, turn to our spiritual mother Mary and pray those words in your mercy Hear and answer us. She is our advocate in the order of the office she holds as mediator of mercy. Let those words of Elizabeth echo in our ear. What do we read in in the gospel of Luke in that opening chapter? Why is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The Hebrew for mother of my Lord was what? But Gabira. This admired title was the title given to Bathsheba, right? This title that means great lady, queen mother. Mary is the great lady who intercedes on our behalf in the courtroom of grace. And again, this is our confidence. Brothers and sisters, Mary flies to her aid because this is what mothers do when their children are in need. She shares in the one mediation of Christ because this is what Mary was tasked with on the cross as our spiritual mother. And so as we reflect into this great key of praying with Mary, we do so mindful of the subject matter that we reflect upon, and that I would encourage you as we wrap up a reflection for this evening that we do reflect upon these words and we do so in humility. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.